I mean, he wasn't killed by a sex robot. <laughs> well, okay. however, Shame. what a way to go. Was the pity. Hi and welcome to What A Way To Go, a podcast about unusual deaths and near misses with your hosts Claire Daly, Eleanor Gamer and Sarah Austin. Each week we're going to be bringing you stories about unusual ways that people have met their maker or nearly met their maker and the concept is that we're all friends having a glass or six of wine and telling each other stories. So you're hearing it live, we haven't heard it. We haven't heard each other's stories. No. So hopefully. Well... Unless we've got the same one. The mm. risk. The risk. The risk we run every week. Okay, so actually I go first this week because... That's Sarah Austin talking. I'm mm. the last one to go first. Apart from this week when you're the <laughs> first one yeah, to go first. Yeah, but I'm the last one in the list to go first, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, we always sit in the same seats and now we've established a Rhythm? clockwise order. We're clockwise, creatures yes. of habit yes. and we, yeah. we can't shake it. True. Uh, this week, uh, Els and I are drinking red wine. Daly's drinking white. Always. It's all de- it's all quite delicious. We've got a couple of crisps on the go. Mm. We're having a great time. Mm. So I, I'm denied about my story this week. I had quite a few things to choose from. I nearly did a near miss, actually. Mm. But I'm going to save it for another day. Spoiler. Spoiler. Mm. It's a death. It's a death. It's a, it's a full death. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, that is the podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's an unusual one. Well, actually, here we go. So, it wouldn't be an unusual death now, but at the time it was, and actually it was the first of its kind. I'm worried someone's no, got no, no. the same story as me now. So I'm going to tell you the story of William Huskisson. Huskisson. He was an influential 19th century politician. He was a pioneer of free trade, a liberal reformer. And the first man to be killed by a train. No. Wow. First Hello. man ever. The first man ever. In, wait, what What year? So it was in the 1800s. No one had been killed by... Wait, hang on. When did train Yeah, come? exactly. This, yeah. Is, this is the point. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> I'm going to get into it, Elsa. That's how it goes. I imagine um, the detail will come. The detail will come. So there's a lot of... There's actually a lot of information about him in general on the internet. He was quite a big deal. He, he was friends with the Prime Minister at the time. He was um, voted into quite a lot of different... Parliament. So obviously he was at quite a few constituencies, including Liverpool. And he also became the first commissioner of woods and forests. In 1823, he was appointed president of the Board of Trade and treasurer of the Navy. He was a, he was a busy man. He got shit done by the he, sounds of He things. got shit done and he was obviously a very, very intelligent person, mm. which is interesting because he was also an incredibly accident-prone person. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, one of those. One of the time. <laughs> he was uh, maybe that's why his brain was focusing too much on like science and politics that they forgot how he forgot how to walk. I have no idea. Um, and but <laughs> it's he, possible. It's possible. He was very well known for being very very clumsy and having lots of accidents. So a bit like um, potentially Final Destination. He'd previously been flattened by a pole. Oh, in London. Flattened. <laughs> well, flattened by a pole. Yeah. So it knocked him and. Fell on him. Not lit. I mean, not literally like paper, but flattened. Um, not like the guy that went through the mangler. No. Or the mangler. Call back to episode one. No, no. Um, he had been fallen on by a horse just before he got married. Oof, this is unlucky. And he severely injured his legs trying to jump over a moat no. in Scotland. No. Why are you trying to do that? Who's jumping over a moat? There's a chance swim. for this guy. If anything, swim. You can just swim. It's yes. just water. When I moats aren't that big. No. No. When I was in Scotland, I had to negotiate a Did you negotiate a moat? Not really a moat, but it was like a big old lake. And there was 
there was we got to points where it was just water, so we just had to take our shoes and socks off and kind of yeah, just, just wade through it. it. Yeah. And that is better than trying to jump it. Don't it's jump just, it. That feels like um, misadventure. Do you know what I mean? When they say death by misadventure, it feels mm. like don't don't fucking try and jump over a moat, mate. Don't do it. My boyfriend Stephen. Um, we were out in the New Forest a couple of summers ago and he tried to jump over. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a moat because it wasn't around a castle, but it was a body of water mm. the size of a moat, not that big. And he split his shorts. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it is actually hilarious. And we have photographic evidence of it. He's not nearly as accident prone as poor William Huskerson, but... When I was reading, when I was writing this, I just remembered that he tried to jump over a body of water and split his shorts. Did it make a comical noise? Not that that was a very I, good. I think it did, but that was over overplayed by his laughing, <laughs> and then our drowned other friend out. drowned out by the laughing, and then our other friend taking a picture of the evidence. Yeah. And it was his actual profile pic on Facebook for a while. Oh, nice. You've probably seen it, red shorts. Anyway, William, he had broken his arm three times. <laughs> And then he had another fracture in 1817, which meant that his kind of, his arm was lame, effectively. It was permanently impaired. Mm-hmm. And he had also dislocated his ankle. Dislocate as you night, because I dislocate things on, on a whim anyway. Mm. Um, so he was genuinely a poorly kid. He, he injured himself on a reg and also dislocated and hurt himself on, on a long, long-standing way. The, the day that he died, the day that he met his maker... Mm-hmm was the opening event of the Liverpool and Manchester Railway. So, yes, it was the first, in theory, first full public event of a cross-country railway opening. So it was a big event. He was quite prestigious at the time. He had lots of pals. Um, So he was invited. But um, he shouldn't have been there. Again, Final Destination themed. (laughs) He shouldn't have been there. He was diagnosed with a strangury, a tender inflammation of the kidneys, and had previously gone undergone surgery. He's not okay. Like I feel that. Yeah, I think too many things. His body overcompensated for how intelligent and you know Mm. important he was at the time. Um, But he'd he'd been advised by his doctor not to do anything and to cancel all forthcoming appointments. But you know, as a lad does, he chose to ignore it all. He knew how important the day was and he wanted to be there. So So, done. So he went. So the morning of September 15th, 1830, proved to be his last, um, as that was the day he ended up in the history books by being the first man to be killed by a train. And it was the opening day as well. Yeah. I mean, there'd obviously been other runs, but this was kind of like the... Big public opening. Big party of it happening. Yeah, well, yeah. Elsa's looking incredibly worried right now. I just I wish you guys could see her face. I wish what's going to happen to him. I don't know. <laughs> so he was in the train that was being opened, pushed down the line. Oh, he was in it. He was on it. Oh, he was on it. He was on it. And then there was also another train on the same day called Rocket that was coming the other way. So the idea was there was lots of important people. There was lots of people riding on the train to be the first people on the first voyage mm-hmm. um, and then they stopped they were gonna have a scheduled stop to take on water put more water in the train and this is a time where people could disembark they could you know chat to their pals or whatever so he actually wanted to go um further down the train that he was on to speak to the duke of wellington who wouldn't 
Well, you would. They it's, very, it's very important to speak to the Wellington. I'm usually looking for him when I'm on yeah. a train. I mean, yeah, he's usually around, to be fair. The train was actually constructed and, you know, the, the whole premise of it was for him anyway but um old William had fallen out with him previously so was keen to kind of repair the relationship be friends with him again um this is our man William our man William right. who died eventually um he so he went and sought out Duke of Wellington so it was quite a few carriages down they had the kind of the the company had said please don't get out but lots of people did it wasn't really a frowned upon thing and he went down the carriages tried to find the duke and wanted to the, repair the relationship. And there's quite a few conflicting stories about it. Apparently, some people said that he wasn't able to get into the carriage, that the Duke wasn't accepting visitors. And then some people said that he got to the carriage and that there was lots of other people there, so he was the last person to be able to board that area. Mm-hmm. And what basically happened is he got to the carriage, um, was either <laughs> embraced or not embraced, conflicting stories. But as he was trying to get on the train to speak to the Duke, another train was coming down the opposite track. And this was a train, as I mentioned, called Rocket. So this was a rocket driven by Joseph Locke, um, George Stevenson's assistant and future eminent engineer in his own rights. Everyone was like, oh, oh God, there's a train coming, basically. Um, everyone take care, like, either get back in your train, get off the tracks, like, no one get into the way of the oncoming train, please. I, it's pretty normal. Advice. Yeah, it's good. Well, but, but, you know, trains were new. When you say it's normal, like, it's normal for us to stand behind the yellow line, but they didn't, probably didn't even have yellow lines. But they're... They were on the tracks, to be fair. There's no yellow lines on tracks because I mean, you're already too far even, gone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're big and far. Like, if you've seen a train, surely, even if you've, like, you see a train stationary and you've never seen it move, you'd still be like, I don't want to be in front of that when it's moving. Several hundred tonnes of speeding metal. It's big and probably lethal. Definitely lethal. Definitely lethal. And again, so uh, there's more conflicting stories about what happened. So... He had a couple of options of what he could do. He could either try and get into the carriage that the Duke of Wellington was in, but he was unable to because it happened too quickly. Mm. Or he could have stepped back so that he was out of the way of the passing train. But And it, it, it would have been possible to stand stationary and not be hit by the train. But as we know... Um, he's quite a clumsy fella. Oh, no. So it just it all went a bit wrong. And also, he was obviously still a bit shaky. He was only a couple of weeks post-surgery, so he wasn't particularly good on his feet and also had a bit of a lame arm oh, no, because of all of the things. Well. So he he didn't he didn't um didn't know what to do on realizing his danger he panicked and made two attempts to cross the other line but changed his mind and tried to return to the duke's carriage at this point the driver of the rocket the train on the other side of the tracks tried to throw it into reverse um but even then that would have taken at least 10 to 15 seconds for it to stop and slow down so it wouldn't have made any difference um so william panicked and he was worried that the gap in between the two trains wasn't big enough um, so he tried to get back into the Duke carriage, but it swung open, leaving him hanging directly oh in the pathway of the train. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, there was there's quite a lot of elements to it. So that he panicked at the initial onslaught. He didn't really know what to do. And then he did what he decided to do too late. So kind of a, an unfortunate series of events, mm. to be That's honest. Yeah. And the the open door that he was holding onto was swung directly into the path of the oncoming train. It hit the door. It threw him onto the tracks in front of the train. Oof. And then his he- his leg was mangled by the train. Um, so they tried to save him. 
they tried to he obviously he wasn't dead he didn't die at impact um but he was obviously very very severely injured they tried to tie a tourniquet on him oh, they took a door off another train or locomotive to keep him like flat to take him where he needed to be mm. but they decided that the amputation because obviously his leg was completely mangled wasn't possible um so they just tried to make him comfortable oh, he did ask the doctor at the time like how long do you think i've got and he was like hours if anything um and apparently william was really calm at the time and just asked for his wife he read a will he um, spoke his will and then um died at 9 p.m that night uh, due to the due to the injuries nowadays that's not a particularly unusual way to go for various reasons obviously lots of country roads there's stories of people getting hit by trains because they're passing Mm -hmm. or lots of things happening in london where people fall in front of trains but he was the first person to die by being hit by a train on a maiden also he was on the maiden voyage so it's it's kind of ironic not a particularly good irony irony at all but it, it, the irony also encapsulates because he was a very, very forward thinker. He had, I mean, I'm not going to go into the politics of what he supported and he's got quite, he's got a bit of a bad reputation for a lot of the things that he did. It's not a politics podcast. We're not going to go into it. But he actually... Much as we try to make it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> get us drunk and we'll talk, to politi- talk about politics till we cry. But um, he was actually a really, really big backer of the line. Um, he wanted the Liverpool Manchester Railway. And in 1826, he actually helped to secure the legislation that would allow the construction to begin. Mm. And he really believed that it was the future, that people should be able to get from town to town quickly and mm. it wasn't always mm. about, you know, the longest route or whatever. But unfortunately, it was the way that he met his maker. But the, again, I don't know if ironic is the right word to use, but because of what happened to him, it actually made the rest of the world become more aware of, obviously, primarily his death, but then also the train, the locomotive, mm-hmm. the cross-country mm. part of it and what and what people had done to build it and get it working. And it made people become aware for the first time that cheap and rapid long-distance transport was now possible and could be dangerous. Yeah. But so the fact that he died and it became global news also meant that the kind of expansion of the train happened quicker than no it would kidding. have if it wasn't for the fact that he wouldn't have died. So, yeah, really that's sad. Like a, that's like a nice... Well, I suppose if if the whole concept of being alive is to make a mark and do something with your life, there's quite a lot that you can say about the fact that he helped bring it to the forefront and then in his death he also managed to shine a light on something that could have taken years to become more popular, Mm, especially in other mm -hmm. countries. It's just quite bittersweet that he was such a champion of it that then he also died at the hands of it. What's his name, William? His name is William Huskisson. Poor old clumsy William Huskerson. Yeah, really sad. Uh-uh. But the first man to be killed by a train. Great story. Yeah. Great. In- Thanks. Thanks, pals. Thank you. Okay, guys. Now it's my turn. I'm Claire, by the way. Um, mine's- Hi. Hi, Claire. <laughs> Hi. Welcome. To Welcome. <laughs> nice to nice to be here. Mine's fairly short and snappy. That's fine. We're fine with that. Perfect. Get to it. Get on it. This is the story mm. of Frank Hayes, mm. the only dead man to win a horse race. Wow. What? Oh. what is this story? Here we go. Here we go. Well, <laughs> I'm entranced already. Hit me. You sip your Rioja. 
I've had two actually, but okay. whatever. You're right. <laughs> Can confirm. I bought it, so I mean. Anyway, Frank Hayes. Okay, so I'm going to take you back to early June 1923. Okay. Beautiful summer. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. 35 <laughs> year old Frank Hayes is getting ready for a two mile steeplechase, which, as Google would have me understand, is a horse race with ditches and hedges. Okay. I've but never it... known what a staple chase staple chase <laughs> that's, that's not a thing. Office, but there's also steeple chases that are runs, people running to steeples. I've right. watched an episode of that... Skins and they do a steeple chase. It's also in an advert from the nineties where people run to a steeple. Oh, first person to the steeple. And um, now a steeple is a chapel? Is it like a chapel? Yeah, it's like a church. Like a chapel. Here's the <laughs> What's that thing you can do with your hands? Here's the church, here's yeah, the steeple, look inside, here's all the, the people. people. Yeah. Anyway, that's not what steeplechase is. In this story, anyway. It's no, but I think actually in the like the the human steeplechase, it's where the jumps have like a like a little bit of water before and then something to jump over. So you have the water gives the distance that you have to jump and then the jump gives you the height. Okay. So for horses, you have a ditch of water and a hedge to get over. So it's like basically a massive high jump. It's hardcore, is what not, I'm saying. Yeah, not great for anyone. Well, certainly not, Frank Hayes. Oh, no. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, Frank. Anyway, so Frank Hayes is getting ready to do a two-mile stable chase at Belmont Park on Long Island in New York. He's not a jockey by profession, but actually he was a horse trainer and long-time stable man. In fact, this is only his second ever race. So he's been surrounded by horses his entire life, been working in the business, but this is only his second ever race. He's riding a 20-to-1 outsider called Sweet Kiss. Oh, I know. Um, I don't know what 20-to-1 really means, but I think it's... No idea. It's not. It means they probably won't win? Probably not, but not the worst. Is it like... Well, I don't know. Is it like for every chance of winning, there's 20 chances that they won't? Is that what it means? I mean, I'm a bookie's daughter, so I should really know this, but... It's not the worst odds you can get. Phone your dad. Phone Paul. Get get Paul on the phone. Um, it's not the worst, but it's not great. Okay, so is it? It's not four hundred to one. Sweet kiss, maybe a she. She's outsider. Um, and bearing in mind, Sweet Kiss has never raced before either. Oh, this is not a good idea. No. All round. No. <sighs> so anyway, so uh, here we go. It's it's June the fourth, nineteen twenty-three. They're out the gates. It's go time. So Sweet Kiss and Hayes secured a good spot early in the race and stayed with the front runners for most of the event. However, as they swung round the far turn the final time, so they go around the course a number of times, and as they came round the far far turn the final time, although Hayes, the jockey, seemed relaxed on the horse, the horse herself swerved out noticeably and went towards the last of a dozen jumps. Despite this, she won by a head. She's won the race. However, it soon became obvious that Frank Hayes was more than just relaxed. The jockey dropped out of the saddle, lifeless. Oh, oh my, my God. Goodness. Dun, dun, dun. So, basically, it was later determined that Hayes had died of a heart failure oh shortly after Sweet Kiss took the lead. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and basically there was speculation, the New York Times speculated that the jockey's heart had given out as a result of severe training in order to make weight. So where he wasn't actually a jockey, he was just like a, um, a, a stable man and a horse trainer. 
to get down to weight, he lost. He went from 142 pounds to 130 pounds, which is like Bloody getting hell. close Nearly to a stone, stone right? Yeah. So like really, really quick weight loss, um, coupled with the excitement of winning his first race. That's so sad because yeah, he must have to lose that kind of weight. Presumably, it was quite quickly. He would have had to have been quite drastic, so he would have been. Like starving himself. Starving yeah, himself, yeah. light on water, because mm. they don't drink water before they get weighed anyway, do they? No, exactly. That's so sad. Yeah, it's bananas. Um, so anyway, the, the race officials decided that it was official and they didn't need to do their weigh-in. Um, so he has he, he officially he officially won the race at Belmont Park. Um, it was reported that some people thought that Hayes was showboating as he rode with only one hand and slumped over his mount as they crossed the wire for the win. So he just looked like oh, he was like really arrogant. relaxed. Arrogant, if anything. <laughs> oh. um, so really, that's the story of Frank Hayes. Um, he was buried three days later in his colourful racing silks. Sweet Kiss never raced again because people oh, thought that she was cursed. Oh, she was called the, sweet I mean, Sweet Kiss of Death. I mean, I mean probably. Let's be honest, yeah. it's not a great way to go for no, horses. Let's, not so much. I don't think it's a bad thing she didn't race again. Um, weirdly, um, Frank Hayes has a Guinness World Record for first deceased jockey to win a race, which feels like. Oh, that's, not that shouldn't co- really be a Guinness World Record. Yeah, sh- first of all, that shouldn't be a world record. Second of all, of course, he's the first and only, and it just seems like a weird record, but anyway, oh. it's official. Um, and in fact, it's the only time in sports history when a competition was won by a dead man. That's wow. really interesting. That yeah. is insanely interesting. Yeah. yeah. Also, I've listened to a couple of podcasts about the Guinness World Records. There's mm. so much stuff. Fucking weird. There's yeah. a Planet Money about them recently. Well, no, last year. But there's so much interesting stuff that they do and they like working with people nowadays to try and get more interesting things. Mm. But first person, first dead person to win a race doesn't seem like something they should be touching. Right. It's more like how many jumps can you do in 25 mm. seconds versus are you dead? Are you riding a horse? <laughs> are you tick, dead and riding a tick. horse? Tick, tick. Um, what Guinness World Record would you go for, Sarah? <laughs> Actually, oh, oh, she's already got it. She you knows always it. know, and I never do. <laughs> this is another one of my weird things. <laughs> Apparently, this might be different now, but like three or four years ago, when I was. Um, I don't know what I was looking up on the internet, but apparently the Guinness World Record for stationary cycling mm-hmm. is something like. Two and a half hours. So, what? like, rather than being on a bike and your distance that way, on a stationary bike in the gym, it's something like 27... Or, I mean, it's probably not this, but I'll have to Google it. But, like, 27 or 29 miles, which is a certain amount of time. It's got to be longer. I feel like Surely. a lot of people just do that. Yeah. No, but it wasn't. But it has to be measured officially and all that. It has that, to be measured it? officially, but also... It's quite boring and it has to be done by one person because there's a lot of cyclothons where people get on and off bikes and do a certain distance together. But one person cycling on a stationary bike, like an exercise bike, mm-hmm. the distance is quite short. Um, so I just don't want you to think, I'll just do that one day, like one Saturday. <laughs> I'll just get the guys on the phone smash and do it. Out. Smash that out because it, it's very achievable for any normal person. And I'm not, you know, very fit by any stretch, but. That seemed achievable. I'd probably hate it, but it's not It's not measured on speed. It's not measured it's on... It's just the amount of miles you do. It's just the amount of miles you do. Well, I feel like there's so many things like that that must be like, they're, you know, people 
people do it regularly, but it's until you have that official recognition from Guinness, that's the bit that's that's missing. Yeah. But I love what I love about the the Guinness World Record potential entries is not the ones that you strive to get and that you really want to get and you're obsessed with getting. It's the ones that you can get by accident. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I find really fasc- like fascinating about the whole concept. But I'm going to I'm going to look I'm going to google it after this recording and I'm going to see if I can beat it tomorrow at the gym. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Down there. Do and then it. we can tweet about it. It's fine. Stack it up. Perfect. Else, have you got a Guinness World World Record oh, that you would go for? God, I don't know. I mean, I'm really good at just like dancing to a shit album. I'm just going to do that. How dance many? Thon. Yeah, dance a thon to Taylor Swift. Surely. Taylor Swift, Madonna, Choreomania. Choreo fucking mania. Probably be mine. Okay, that's fair. Smash it. Daily, what would you do? If I'm honest, it would be most episodes of the American Office watched in a row. <laughs> so I feel like I've basically done that anyway. I've never seen it. Mate. Sorry, guys. I've never really seen good. it. I know that there's loads of memes about like what? Pam Literally and... not once. I don't like the real office. Uh, the real, sorry. <laughs> I don't like the British office. I'm not. really, I'm not very good with um, awkward humour. Awkward. It's very awkward. Awkward humour. Yeah. 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 I'm not very good with it um, at all. The American office is an absolute blessing. Is it better than... I think it's different. I wouldn't say it's better because I do, like, it as much, whatever you it? think of Ricky Gervais now, like, I think yeah. the British office was at groundbreaking genius, it was yeah, groundbreaking yeah, totally, yeah like totally. he did that and then all of a sudden everyone was Ricky Gervais yeah. weren't they exactly. and also like that Christmas special <gasps> oh god when Tim and Dawn get together is the like one of the best thing. like you cannot it's just so well done I think yeah. and perfect like perfect yeah it literally is I mean I know who they are I've never seen it um, you've ne- right no honestly fuck. no I've no. never seen okay. it my two favourite things about Ricky Gervais and I don't sorry Ricky I don't I don't love him very much. I'm I'm not very good at you know awkward humor. It's just a thing. My but my two favorite things about him are his laugh. I love Ricky Gervais's mm, laugh. I like when he's doing no, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I just find that it's so I don't know uncompromising. He's so willing to like commit to that laugh. I really enjoy it. And also his love of animals. Yeah, you he can is pretty not to fault that, the yeah. man for his love of animals. Is he vegan? And his, I don't think I don't think he is. I don't know actually. I don't know, but obviously he did lose quite a lot of weight a couple of years ago, didn't he? So maybe he that was a thing. But um, gotta be vegan. Well, that is that's something it that does make do. you lose. I mean, yeah. you cut out a lot of shit. So. Yeah, you cut out a lot of food groups. Yeah. Um, and replace it with hummus. <laughs> with hummus <laughs> and Oreos. <laughs> um, and his his outspoken attitude to poaching and big poachers yeah, and yeah, yeah, you know the yeah. the lion elephant hunting like mm. that's something that I really respect really respect him for, but I just don't want to watch The Office or extras. Oh, but the like extra like yeah. I mean, I feel like he went Office, extras, Derek, Derek. I mean, Derek is <laughs> not. It's very problematic. Very the, problematic. The, Dawn and Tim is like the love story yeah. of the But that's also the actress, an actress, actor, an actress mm. doing it as well. Yeah, to- oh yeah, completely. And I love her, but what's her name? Lucy, she's... No. No, Jasper Carrot's daughter, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, is it Lucy. not Lucy? Jasper Carrot, who looks like Malcolm's daughter. <laughs> Malcolm is my stepdad. <laughs> Jasper Carrot looks like Malcolm's daughter. No, 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 sorry, oh. <laughs> sorry. Jasper Carrot... Who looks like Malcolm. Looks like Malcolm. They are the same person. Interesting. Maybe mm. he's Jasper Carrot. I love Jasper Carrot. Maybe Maybe Jasper Carrot. Is Malcolm Jasper Carrot? Have you ever seen them in the same room together? Never. Has no, Malcolm you haven't. There you go. ever watched Jasper Carrot on TV? 
No. Maybe. I don't know. Not mm. when I've been there. Interesting. Interesting. Lu- mm. I want to say Lucy Sheridan, but that's not. No. That's, an, that's like a YouTuber. Hang on, we can solve this. Anyway, what I would I say is it. I could... She was in Shaun of the Dead. ...very easily watch The American Office for, you know, however many hours it is... I could watch it all. So why don't we, tomorrow, sack off work, mm-hmm. we'll go to a gym, Always. we'll hack the TV, and you can just sit there <laughs> watching Lucy the Ameri- Lucy, Lucy Davis. Davis. It was Lucy, I take it all back. You can um, sit there watching The Office, we'll put it on Netflix, and I'll just get on the bike. Perfect. We might be there for a couple of days. I don't know if the Guinness Book of World Records will give a fuck about me watching The Office, to be honest. Give it a go, mate. Even if not, just put it on a LinkedIn profile. Who's not going to be impressed by that? I'd be impressed by it. So anyway, that was the story of Frank Hayes. I enjoyed it a lot. And again, I've never heard of it. There are pictures online of him crossing the finishing line, but they will not be going on the Instagram at waterwaypod because it's distasteful. I think it's, yeah, I think it's distasteful. Maybe a nice picture of the horse. Yeah. Sweet kiss. Yeah. Fine. So, I think, weirdly, this week we all seem to be doing firsts. Because mine is the first as well. Interesting. So, my story... Unintentional theme. Yes. Enjoyable, yep. We're all syncing up. First story, second periods. <laughs> um, Enjoyable. So, I saw this story and it really chimed with me for two reasons. First of all, I think we've... Have we all seen the most recent series of Black Mirror? Yeah. No. No. Okay. No. Yes. It's on my agenda. I'm just saying so, it. on it. Without giving too many spoilers away, there is one episode where it's very post-apocalyptic and Maxine Peak is <gasps> being... Peak. I love Maxine Peake. Maxine goddamn Peak. Goddess Peak. Maxine Goddess Peak. Because yeah. yeah. she is wicked. Anyway, the story is kind of that she's being chased by um, some fucking robots that are like dogs with guns for legs so I saw that and the episode of Black Mirror and she's yeah and these fucking little dogs that are chasing her and killing her with so that's weird and freaky and then recently I saw a video of these weird like robot dog things that were very very similar to those from Black Mirror except they didn't have firearms for limbs Mm. but they were bigger and they were kind of fucking opening a door with their head and one of them that was horrible it's also like a bit of a homage homage to um, Jurassic Park when they're all stuck in that room trying to get out but then it's like robots one robot couldn't get through the door and then a robot comes up behind him that has the Ability to open doors with one of his no, things. So he opens it with what I assume is his robot head and he like gets it and then his fucking pal like trots through after him and then he goes after him. And they are slightly less threatening than the ones in Black Mirror, but they are weird Still. as fuck and they open a door. So both quite bizarre and the, that really freaked me out. Um, and the reason that that is relevant to the story that I'm going to tell is because I am talking about uh, Robert Williams, who was the first human to be killed by a robot. No! I love it. Love it. What? I think, yeah, I think I've I heard or like peripherally read this story, but didn't read too much into Shit. it. Well, it's quite, uh, there wasn't loads around it or him, um, but I've got the sort of baseline of what happened. So this happened in 1979. This is just instantly giving me the chills. Yeah. I think well, it's because we were talking about sex robots earlier. 
Okay, I mean, he wasn't killed by a sex robot. Well, okay. however. Shame, what a way to go. More, more's the pity. That's not a bad way to Next go. Next week, I'm bringing you first man <laughs> to be killed by a sex robot. <laughs> this week. So, Robert Williams was, he was a 25-year-old man. I saw a picture of him. I don't know what it was about the 70s, but he, he looked about 55. Okay. Like 25. <laughs> a 25-year-old man married three children because they did not hang around in the 70s. No, no. just get them out. Just mm-hmm. got straight to it. Um, he worked for the Ford Motor Plant. This is in Detroit? In, this was in Michigan. Yeah, Detroit. Detroit? Yeah. Well, How did Detroit's, you know? Detroit's in Michigan. How did you know? Detroit is, is Motown. It's like the... Motown or no just well yeah yeah okay cool so uh Robert Williams on the 25th of January 1979 he went to work as usual just preparing for another day he worked on the assembly line so assembling parts for motors is what I believe so he and his colleagues him and his colleagues they worked alongside a robot arm so not like a kind of humanoid robot, as you might imagine, but kind of an arm. Um, and the main task of the arm was to kind of collect scrap metals. So this robot arm, it was 1979. They didn't really have any safety systems. There wasn't really any alarm to warn people of its proximity. So this arm was kind of doing whatever and no one... I mean, I assume they knew where it was, but I guess if it was coming up behind you, you didn't know. God. Um, so not the best health and safety practices. So Robert was just going about his daily kind of business. Um, and on this particular day, he was gathering materials from the assembly line, I assume like most days. What happened was the robot arm kind of came up behind him and it came down onto his head. Oh no. And it killed him instantly. Oh no. What? So that's kind of the story about how the first man got killed by a robot quite quickly. Um, his family sued the plant. They won you, yeah, fair. Ten million dollars. Ooh, that's that how. Like, had, I mean, do you have bad. any detail about how, like, like presumably, it just smashed his brain in? It didn't really go into a lot of detail about what happened. Mm. It just said that the arm like came down. But I assume like. It's like a big metal mechanical, yeah. mechanical arm. A chunky boy. That just came down without, like... Yeah. So it's quite... I realise there's not a lot of detail in this story, but I am going on to another story. Here we go, here we go. Um, but I think it's interesting that the family, they sued the plant, they won £10 million in damages because it was ruled that the health and safety of this whole robot was not... Didn't exist. Didn't exist, basically. Well, yeah they realised that there wasn't really anything in place. Like, there's just humans working alongside, like, a big, heavy machinery. And it's, like, it doesn't have its own mind, but it's doing what it's programmed to do, and it doesn't really give a fuck if there's a person underneath it or not. Like, it needs to do what it needs to do. And after that, there was a lot more attention that was paid to safety procedures and safety features if humans are working alongside robots, which they're probably should be Mm. yeah well yeah fair I feel like probably a lot of the stories that we will tell over the course of this podcast have led into improved health and safety Mm. practices definitely so what is quite interesting about this story is that was the first official 
case of a robot killing a human. But initially, that was not known to be the first um, case of a robot killing a human because two years later, in 1981, a Japanese engineer called Kenji Yurada uh, worked at a plant in Kawasaki and he was trying to fix a robot that worked at the plant and he was also killed by the robot. So he went to fix this robot that had malfunctioned. Uh, he thought that the robot was turned off. But when he... So I think this robot was kind of... I think So I think two years later and there was slightly better health and safety laws in practice that meant that this robot had a gate around it so you couldn't kind of get into where it was. He thought it had been turned off and he jumped over the gate and in jumping over the gate he turned the robot back oh, on again. shit. Um, so when he went to start fixing the robot, this robot's working arm pinned him, basically, against the machine that cuts gears. Oh, God, what the fuck? So he basically died because he was kind of... He could not get out of this machine that is used to cut gears. Apparently, if you opened the gate to this machine, it automatically shuts down the robot. But he didn't. He jumped over it. He jumped it. So... That Fuck. failed, and he accidentally turned this robot back on. Oh, Jesus. So because this happened when they were still investigating the death of Robert Williams, that was initially thought of as the first human to be killed by a robot. Oh, so it was, like, really, really close together? Yeah, yeah. Two years later. Okay. It was, like, two years later. Well, I mean, I'm still investigating two years later. Well, I they guess probably so. wouldn't have spoken about it because mm. they didn't want to stop the production of mm-hmm. robots to mm. then help production, I Yeah. Guess. So when they kind of understood the details of Robert Williams' death, that was then ruled as the first person that was killed by a human. But for a little while, it was thought that... Killed by uh, a robot. Kenji Yurada was the first man to be killed by a robot, but that both happened very closely to each other. Mm. So, when they do all come for us, we can't say that we haven't known about this since This is, I mean, this is the problem. This is what's scary about it. But yeah, so this was the first death so of a man who was killed by a robot. Nice one, Els. I can't believe we've all done first. I know, how that's weird really is that? How well, I mean, weird is that? Mine is first and probably last. Like, I don't yeah, know but how still, many. in terms of the grand grand scheme of things, yours was still the first of something. Mine was yeah. the first guy to be killed by a train and yours was the first guy to be killed by a robot. I think that's really interesting that we all chose that at the same time. Yeah, it was quite bizarre. I, I just think... Robots, man. We need to fucking be careful. I know, like, because... So these two are not, like, the story of a, a robot who's got a human mind that makes a conscious decision to kill a human. Not AI, no. But it's a, it's a robot that's programmed to do something that doesn't have the sense of mind to be like, I'm not going to do it because if I do it, I'm going to kill this person. But also, <laughs> I don't really know... Why we need robots? Do we need them? We, babes, whether we need them or not, they're happening. You they just are need happening. To, like, accept that. So, my biggest concern immediately is driverless cars and the whole. What the fuck? You know the f- the f- guys who watches the Good Place. No, <gasps> need to watch it. But so the whole trolley problem. So which is about? It's like an age-old philosophy question, right? If you're driving a, a train slash trolley in the olden days, and you're careering along a track and the brakes have stopped right but you're about to come to a split in the in the track and you can either steer left or right 
And if you stay on the track that you're actually going down, you'll kill five people. But if you change the direction and go right, you'll kill one person. So it's all about that decision. It's all about the greater good, right? Utilitarianism. Right. So the trolley problem with driverless cars, what the fuck? They can't make those decisions. The problem. No. So I... I also have a problem with robots. I don't really like the thought of them, but understand they're kind of an inevitability. But if we had more driverless cars, robots driving cars, than we had people driving cars, there would be categorically, no question about it, less deaths mm-hmm. on the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the deaths that would be because of driverless cars might be because, or it might be more like they killed a pigeon or they killed a squirrel there would be less deaths on the roads because of human error, i.e. drunk drivers, people missing potholes, whatever, account for more deaths than yeah, actual definitely. homicides on the roads. Yeah. So I hate robots. No, 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 wait. Robots, I don't hate you. Uh, I <laughs> Don't I'm, come for me. I don't hate you guys. <laughs> oh, God. I, I understand the, the question about robots. I think robots are something that we shouldn't, rush too quickly into but driverless car and again I'm also quite scared of driverless cars but actually a lot of car deaths and deaths on the road are caused by human error Mm -hmm. Mm i.e. yeah of course looking at your phone texting being drunk Mm -hmm. being on drugs Mm -hmm. which are avoidable if you've got a robot doing it but actually as I mentioned last week in my girl crush the walk which is the um like fictional podcast that I've been listening to one of the I guess groups that I would say are that are against kind of the advance of technology are like we really like technology we really like it we want it to be part of our day-to-day lives but we're just not happy with how quickly it's happening we're not mm-hmm. happy with how quickly it's happening without the checks in place and that's kind of true about the robot thing is that a bit like everybody trying to get to the moon really quickly back in the 50s yeah, the space race, yeah. it's more about who can do it quicker, who can do it better, rather than who's doing it for the betterment of the human race, rather than who's just there doing it first. Because robots, mate, like, let's not mess, let's not mess around with them. They could do whatever they want to us. They could, like, they could rise up. Like, humans did not start off as the top of the food chain. No. It was when we developed in our intelligence and created tools that we became more threatening, but we started off as being the ones that... Killed the dinosaurs, right? Well, I don't know about that, but we... <laughs> went. <literally. laughs> we sucked the marrow out of bones after the lions had taken it because they were the bigger, stronger... And bone marrow is really delicious. Like, I know you're, you're vegan, but fucking hell, bone marrow is delicious. Sorry. I've never had that's it, not so the, I'm that's not... That's not the point you were making. No, okay, uh, no, but I take it. Like, if, it's, it's really good. I'm sure it is. I'm just saying, like... Humans didn't start off as the top of the like mm. the badasses. We in the middle of the food chain, and then we developed tools, and then we turned into assholes. Mm-hmm. So robots could come along and be like, "Well, fuck you." But well, yeah. we've created the art. We've created the new assholes, which are robots. <laughs> the metallic assholes. Yeah. What the fuck, shiny assholes. So I do have a bit of an interesting fact about robots, um, and about the story about Robert Williams actually. So. His death came on the 58th anniversary of the premiere of Kirill Kapek, play about Rossum's Universal Robots. I assume you've all seen it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time. I studied yeah. it. 
me too. So I'm not going to claim to know anything about the play or the significance of the play, but it gave the world the first use of the word robot, which was used to describe an artificial person. And if anybody is interested in the etymology of robot... Fuck yes. It came from the Czech word for forced labour. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And apparently robot was first entered into the English language in 1928. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So that's how long these guys have been... Planning their attack. <laughs> yeah, and they're coming for us, guys. They are coming for it's us. It's calculated. They're in for the long con. Last week I was convinced they're it was snakes. This year, <laughs> this year, same year, this week, I'm convinced it's going to be a robot. Robot snakes with guns in their mouths. That's robots. Look two out good and fucking terrifying stories, Els. Yeah, well Thanks done. Very much. Oh, cheers. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I really enjoyed the stories this week. Really enjoyed the fact that we all synced up on the firsts mm. style. Interesting as fuck. Yeah, well done. Good research. That's what we aim for. Interesting AF is what we aim for. Interesting mm. AF. That should be the name of our actual podcast <laughs> rather than what I way to go. Maybe we will be. Shall we end this show on a lighter note? Please. And talk about our girl crushes. Yeah. Our woman crush. Women of the week. Women of the week. Women of the week. Wow. Women of the week. Wow. wow. Fuck, women of the world is at the a South festival. Bank, yes, yeah. mate, we have a standard. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go first because mine's really, I don't know what the word is to describe it, but I had a smear test today, so my woman of the week, woman of the world, woman of the month, girl crush is my nurse that did my smear test Yay. because smear tests are really important. Mm-hmm. Lots of women put them off; they're not particularly pleasant, they're not fun, but it's really important. Everyone should do them. Can't remember my nurse's name. But if you do, <laughs> faceless one, nurse, faceless nurse, she was great. Nameless, faceless. She had a face. She definitely had a face. She wasn't a robot. Oh, Christ! If the oh, robot God, started doing smear tests, I'm fucking out. I'm pulling out my vagina. I'm absolutely <laughs> out. Um, my vag is fully closed. Closed to robots. But it's important. I think I really stand behind it. If you're due one. If you need one, please just go and get one. The four minutes, the five minutes of uncomfortability is worth it in the long run. It's not painful, it's just a little bit It's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I feel lots of, I think lots of people, different people have different experiences. I wouldn't say it's It's not walk worst. in the park. No, it's not walk in the park, but it's also not the worst pain you're going to experience in no, your life. No way. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. It's not fun. But it's a great time. It's, it's worthwhile and you should go get a smear test. Thanks to my nameless nurse who did mine today. Nice one. Good one. Yeah. Perfect one. Daily? So mine, I had a toss-up between the between two. So basically, guys, I'm only 12 months behind the times, but last night I watched Moonlight for the first time. I haven't I've seen never it seen still. it. Oh, my freaking God. We're it's two years behind. Yeah. Three years, two, five years. Hang on, when did it win the... It won last the, year. Last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So I'm like, year. A, like, I only just watched it. Anyway... It's incredible. Is it? Watch it. It's so beautiful. It's on Amazon at least. I don't know if it's on Netflix or whatever. Anyway, Sunday. it's fantastic. Watch and I was day. like, basically, there are two standout slash only, which is not great. It probably doesn't pass the Bechdel test. But anyway, there are two incredible women in it, both of whom I'm crushing on. But I'm picking for my girl crush this week, Janelle Monet. Nice. Nice. Because she's fucking great anyway, and I love her music, and I love her energy, and I love 
her style and everything about her. And then I'd never really seen her act before. I've only ever known her as a musician. And then she was in Moonlight, just being radiant and incredible and versatile. Radiant as fuck. Radiant af, mate. Like, so, just so beautiful, cute. Yeah, I just loved her in it a great deal. And I just thought, Janelle Monet, you multi-talented bastard. Love it. And she's like... She's really um, vocal. She really, she's quite political. She's just fucking great. Her music's amazing. Get her on the podcast, mate. Let's get her in. Yeah. So Janelle Monet is mine. Love it. Good one. Eleanor? Mine's kind of similar in the sense that I watched something and then was like, yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) Yep, okay. Yeah, I'm on that. Yeah. So I already told you both, but last night I watched The Shape of Water. Mm -hmm. And similarly, two great women in it that I was like well I love you both but it did make me think that this week mine is Octavia Spencer yes because mm. I think she's brilliant I love a lot of things that she's been in has she got a British accent in it then no she's no 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 it's set in Baltimore so oh when you tell me I thought you said it's Pontypool oh no sorry no <laughs> Baltimore I did think that you seemed like more shocked than would yeah because like I was very surprised that it was quite an American Baltimore. cast and no. doing a fucking <laughs> very much in uh, Baltimore oh wow I mean it doesn't change my opinion but sure yeah <laughs> that's different was in Baltimore Every time I see her, she plays, like, a strong but very warm character. Mm. I just think she's great. Like, I don't know. I sort of forgot she was in it, and then she kind of appeared on screen. I was like, I love Octavia Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, yeah, she's she's mine this week. And also, I read that she bought out all the tickets for a Mississippi, I think it was a Mississippi showing of Black Panther. Oh, that's a big thing. Lots of people are raising money for kids, underprivileged kids, yeah. to go to screenings of Black Panther. Yeah. And I fucking support it. Like, such a big deal. Such a good thing to do. Yeah, so she bought out, like, a whole day's worth of screenings and then was like, for people that are on lower incomes that can't afford it, go to Black Panther, Black, Black Panther, <laughs> and... Watch it, enjoy it. Yeah, it. and also you get... A drink and some popcorn. Oh, I Lovely. love that so yeah. much. I love that. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. So I just, yeah, I don't know. She's one of those people that, like, you see her face or her presence on screen, and you're like, I don't know. She, You know, like, she's one of those people that just makes you go, oh. yeah, yeah like, like well, she's you got know a lot of stand, credibility. A very calming presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. got a lot of credibility about the films that she's in and nice. also her ability in those films. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like our girl crushes are like, who have we been massively inspired by this week in terms of what we've been watching? So yeah. it's not, it doesn't have to be political. It doesn't have to be, like, in the news. It's just, like, who have we been watching that we love? I mean, mine might have basically been all been people I've seen on TV yeah. or film. So yeah. that brings us to the end. Episode Aww. three, done. We're on Instagram and Twitter, whatawaypod, if you want to follow us or engage with us there. And also, if you have... Any suggestions of your own, if you have ever been involved in a near miss, we are absolutely dying to hear from you. Only if you're willing to talk about it. Of course. And if you've just got any good ideas or if you just want some chat. Let us know. Let us know. Hit us up on the socials. Hit us up on an email, whatawaypod at Mm gmail.com. And see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.